Love the British monarchy? You've come to the right place. Welcome to the To Die For Daily podcast with Kinsey Schofield. Take it away, Kinsey. Hi, guys. Kinsey here with the To Die For Daily podcast. And I know you feel probably a little abandoned right now. Uh, You shouldn't. I just launched an additional podcast with Christo Fufus, who is a talk TV personality. And, you know, you see him on Jeremy Vine. Uh, He's all over the place across UK media. And um, he's a very good friend of mine. So we launched the Majesty podcast, no Y, but T, T E A, a few weeks ago. And I've just been busy putting that podcast together the graphics for the cover, um, you know, the, the music, all of those things, they take time. So I apologize if you feel neglected, uh, but I just wanted to let you know what was going on because I know some of you don't know that we've launched Majesty and um, it's available on Spotify exclusively right now with the intent to launch it elsewhere as well. But it's Majesty with Christo Fufas and Kinsey Schofield. Two episodes are up right now. And guess what? I'm going to go ahead and upload right here last week's episode where Christo and I react to South Park because it's so funny. This is like not typically a tone I would take on my podcast, as I'm sure you're well aware. But I just... I mean, it's a conversation between two friends that are way too comfortable with each other is the only way I know how to describe it. Um, if you watch Christo and I every Sunday morning on Talk TV, it's it's similar, but just like a little edgier. So I hope you enjoy this conversation. I'm going to continue to do To Die For Daily, the podcast. We're going to continue to talk to authors and um, it will probably be much more subdued than the Kinsey and Christo podcast majesty but I just wanted to give you a little teaser of majesty now majesty is actually coming out weekly it'll it'll come out on the weekends every week Um, so if you do miss to die for daily if you wish that it came out more often I you do have majesty to look forward to every week you know it's unique because it's one of the few transcontinental podcasts. I'm in LA down the street from Harry and Meghan and Christo is literally down the street from Buckingham Palace. So we have a unique take. I can talk about American media coverage. He can talk about the same topics and how they're covered in London. And, you know, we are such good friends. We make each other laugh a lot. I enjoy the process of, of talking to, we always say, Hey, let's just do 20 minutes and an hour later we're done. So I'm excited to be doing this with Christo now. And again, this is in addition to To Die For Daily's podcast, but I wanted to give you a sneak peek of what you can look forward to. And I mean, Christo was a regular guest on the To Die For Daily podcast. So I think that it's just natural that it evolved into its own thing. Um, That's Majesty with Christo Fufas and Kinsey Schofield currently only available on Spotify. I'll also post each episode on todiefordaily.com. So if you want to want to listen or watch from your smartphone or from uh, your your desktop, you can do that on todiefordaily.com. Um, but I appreciate your patience and I hope you like the Majesty podcast. So take a listen and subscribe if you will. I would greatly appreciate that. And I love you. Thank you so much for being my friend. Talk to you soon. Hello. Welcome to the Majesty podcast. I am His Royal Highness, Christo Fufas, and I'm joined by Her Royal Highness, Kinsey Schofield. I go with HRH just to um, to button it up really quick. So, you know, I'm, you know, I'm like, I think it's a millennial thing, like when you say LOL out loud. So I'm just going to be HRH, Kinsey Schofield. Hurrah, 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 hurrah. <laughs> um, that, that sounds like a Kung Fu thing. Hurrah. <laughs> we had a hurrah of a week so far. I mean, so far, Christo, this is actually we're, we're we're coming towards the end of the week. But Harry and Meghan are probably in all honesty, throwing China around their Montecito mansion after some of um, the things that have happened this week. 
Well, talking of China, as you can see, we're <laughs> spilling the tea, we're spilling the majesty, and as always, sipping it as well. I am drinking the majesty, and you are quite right indeed. This has been the week. Now, I didn't think, actually, I was wondering, will we have enough Harry and Meghan news? Because we had more Harry and Meghan coronation news, and we had right. Harry and Meghan wanting a full and frank conversation with William and Charles, and Eugenie breaking ranks and going to see Harry. So I thought, well, we've actually got quite a lot of Harry and Meghan news, but no, 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 no. South Park have smashed that out the park now and have decided that they will parody Harry and Meghan. And they are now, are they now, you tell me, a laughing stock, Your Royal Highness. Yes, but uh, can I ask you this? Because I, Robert Jobson just said on Talk TV, Robert Jobson just said, Harry and Meghan never said they wanted privacy. About And that, that's all of what the South Park thing was about. You know, we want to, you know, down with the monarchy, we want our privacy, is what they were walking around chanting with, with these signs saying, look at us, we want our privacy. But Christo, correct me if I'm wrong. I know that they never technically said that, but you are suing paparazzi. You go, you're suing newspapers over letters that your dad handed over to them. I, it's not necessarily saying, I, I want my privacy. Their actions are demanding privacy in some ways, right? Am I, am I, am I just reaching in that? No, all you need to do is watch their six-part Netflix woe-fest where they continually talk about press intrusion. Mm. And some of it is actually fair, I think. Yeah. Some of the, the press intrusion that they've gone through is fair. So, I mean, it's not a massive step to say, well, look, you continually complain about press intrusion. Well, fine, withdraw. D right. Don't do anything. Don't say anything. Don't give anything to the press that will be newsworthy. But what they've done is they've said, we loathe press intrusion. <laughs> we don't want any press intrusion unless it's on our own terms. Mm -hmm. And then actually when we've got some tap to flog, you know, when our next step will be, I don't know, going on the home shopping network to, <laughs> to, to do the thigh master, then we're happy that you report on us. And incidentally, as the South Park episode pointed out brilliantly during the Good Morning Canada segment, they... Um, you know, you don't like journalists, but you've just written a book where you've reported on all of the royal family. Therefore, Harry, you are a journalist, yeah. which is true. Right, right. That was one of, yeah, that was one of my favorite no, right. But in answer to your question, no, they've never actually said the words, please, can we just, we're doing this because we want our privacy. But just, they've just bleated on about how terrible the press are and how they hate everything that's been written about them. Even the good stuff, weirdly, as well. Yeah. Remember they complained when Meghan... They were complaining about how awful the press were until the moment when there was uh, a front page after the remembrance ceremony and the Telegraph said, Megan's dazzling, Megan dazzles. And this is, well, that was terrible as well because it meant that we outshone the Queen. So we were upset about that. So, right. They weren't upset. They said they weren't upset about it. They said that they were punished for it by the royal family. Hmm. Okay. Uh, oh, ah, maybe this explains when. Harry ended up with a small room at Sandringham. That was the punishment. Or, or was his was his trip to Botswana? Sorry, <laughs> you're only going to Botswana eight times this year, Harry. Not I was nine. Say, was that the only way you'll learn? Twenty nine or trip trip thirty three of Botswana. Um, so yes, the South Park episode was hilarious. It was savage. Obviously, whoever wrote this episode is keenly um, obsessed. I mean, keenly um, aware of the, the Sussexes because the details were so, so, so there. I mean, specifically, um, there's a storyline about branding and uh, they show Meghan Markle's profile at this branding business and it says sorority girl influencer they even go on to mimic some of the sexy photos she's taken in the past they look just like her and some of these um you know provocative pictures she's taken so i mean south park went all in on this episode and well, now the conversation is is it does this negatively affect their brand you know well it wasn't there a a part in there because I've only really seen clips of it, but wasn't there a part in there where 
uh, Harry has a, res a revelation and he says, look, none of this is working. And I've got the quote, trying to make ourselves into a brand just turned us into products. And then he turns to Megan and she says nothing. And then he goes on to say, no, you know, this is all wrong. We've got to stop. We've got to, you know, we've got to stop doing this. Don't you agree? And Megan says absolutely nothing because clearly she doesn't agree. But that is, that is actually, although it is absolutely scathing, it's all true. Right. I mean, they have just become products. They have become sort of a cheaper version of the Kardashians. They have just sold themselves to the highest bidder. They've actually done everything that is the complete opposite of monarchy. Well, and in doing so, I think, I mean, I think that the overall point of South Park, which always grabs pop culture headlines, which always grabs something that's trending and they call out hypocrisy in such a clever way. And I think that that was the ultimate objective here. And they, you know, I think that they were saying, look, these people are so insincere. They're not likable and their actions are completely different to what they're, they're doing. Um, but, you know, I honestly saw one or two tweets i kept searching twitter last night during the episode i saw a couple of people that like harry and megan and still liked the episode so i think in regards to um you know quality wise you know it, it is quality content it's quality humor and even people that like harry and megan saw saw that it was funny do you think that they will see it as funny I don't. They're so protective of their brand. They're so protective of they are they are offended by absolutely everything, Christo. It's like you said, you have probably neon colored a very specific neon color post-it note in spare for every page that Harry tries to write a wrong, for every page Harry tries to correct some. Don't, don't story be together with you. I'll, I'll show you. I'll show you. Hang <laughs> on. He's getting it. He's getting it. Here it's we go. Been in arm's reach. <laughs> here we are. Can you see? Can yes. you see in here the number of offended post-it notes? Oh which my are, Across the, the cue cards as well. This is how many. You're listening along. You're here. How many there are? Because that's a weird ASMR. ASMR. What is that? What's that? Those YouTube videos where you just listen for sound. You listen to people eating pickles. <laughs> Will this make you go? Actually, ironically, this book might make you go to sleep. <laughs> don't listen yeah. to this if you're driving i wonder if harry and megan will respond in any way shape or form you know because even sometimes when he gets up on stage he'll like quit about something you know and, and almost poke fun at himself so i wonder if they'll respond in any way to it well absolutely i mean it it it, it, it i don't know they're so as you say obsessed with their breath. But then a part of me wondered, will they actually love it? Because it still means people are talking about them. And that is what they are most important, what they are most interested in. And also, there's another six parts of Netflix out of this. It's yet more bullying. Yeah. It's more of, of, of the world being against them. I mean, they'll get a good episode out of this, won't they? I mean, you know, they'll get another couple of volumes of a self-help book or some other tat they want to sell us. There must be something. How to Survive a Cartoon Parody. <laughs> you know, by Meghan Markle. This will be the latest release from her. So they, they'll get something out of this. That'll be great. Yeah, I, that is true. I mean, they do find a way to use these moments to just reinforce their victimhood narrative, which is getting so tiring. Um, yeah. But you know that, what? They've done this to themselves, Christo. Well, they are because they've, 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 they've asked. For, sorry, I just get, I get engrossed in it. Whenever I've got it in my hand, I can't help. He's talking about a book. It. He's talking about a book. Okay, this is this is one of my favourite quotes, by the way. While while we're on, um, while we're on the subject of 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 all of them doing is complaining and talking and branding and all of these things. Um, one day, this is on page eighty nine of Spare, because as you know, every time I talk to you, I have to read you something from Spare. Yeah, and if and if it's on page eighty nine, that means he hasn't acknowledged his. Um, if it, that's too early for him to acknowledge how blessed he was and how privileged his life is. He doesn't do that till he decides to discuss racism. Oh, he doesn't do that until he uses the shortened form of the word Pakistani to describe his little friend. Then he suddenly says, oh, actually, I'm quite privileged. and Maybe I, I've lived in this bubble and that's why I didn't know that that was offensive. 
you know. So, uh, I mean, it is true, actually, because I, you know, my mum was very overprotective of me. And so I, I, I didn't really do a lot of socialising when I was younger, which was why when I stabbed 12 people to death, I had no idea it was wrong. I had absolutely no idea Your honor? that it was wrong. I, I, and then I drove my car over a, a number of people. But in fairness, they were a lot of different races, those people. So, I mean, I don't think there was anything specifically wrong from a racial point of view. But I had no idea because I, my mum had never let me drive until right. I had learned, my, learned how to drive. I think that any attorney would say that is the greatest defense they've ever heard, Christo. Okay, back to page 87. Sorry. Back to page 87, because, you know, it's not like Botswana's got different races, is it? It's not like Botswana has people of different cultures that you might oh, interact yeah. with. The place he'd been to 75 times by this point. Okay, anyway, page 89 of Spare. One day, the package that contained a series of memos from the Palace comms team about a delicate matter. Mummy's former butler had penned a tell-all which actually told nothing. It was merely, listen to this, listen to this in the context of this book, Spare. It was merely one man self-justifying, self-centering version of events. Sound familiar? Yes. One man self-justifying. So, well, you'd know, Harry. My mother once called this butler a dear friend, trusted him implicitly. We did too. Now this. He was milking her disappearance for money. It made my blood boil. I wanted to fly home. I don't know where he was at this point. Probably Botswana. I wanted to fly home, confront him. I phoned Pa, announced that I was getting on a plane. I'm sure it was the one and only conversation I had with him. Oh, this was while he was finding himself in Australia. It was a different trip. Of finding I was going to say, also, this is a guy that can't even buy his own couch. So were you really calling your dad telling you you were getting on a plane or were you calling daddy asking for plane fare? Like there's, you know, in, in, in addition to this too, your mother had not disappeared. She was dead. Like that, that <clears> whole storyline creeps me out so much. But also, you know, I, I really don't think you're in a position, Harry, to talk about self-justifying, you know, self-centrism when it comes to <laughs> someone writing a book. I really, just the wrong tones, just the well, wrong tones. And, and I, I'm, I, okay, I really don't know who to believe in this whole scenario, but I will say that if Paul Burrell is being sincere and he told the queen he was putting some things away because he was literally watching Diana's mother setting things on fire at Kensington Palace. Diana's mother blew through all of her letters and was setting things, which I know is an aristocratic thing to do, but, but Diana was a historical figure already by then. So I wish that we had a lot of those things that were, you know, set on fire, which is another debate that's currently happening. Some of her friends are selling her letters and people think that that's atrocious. I'm curious about those things. Um, you know, so did but should Paul... they be sold or should they end up in a museum? I think that they you should know? be, I think that a, they should be offered to her boys. You know, um, I but uh, yes, uh, in in a museum or something. But um, so Paul says that he put things away in his home. Now he had a lot of things, but he said he put some things away in his home to protect them for the boys. I mean, there were like pictures of William and Harry in a bathtub and things like that that I can't justify. But he says he told the Queen. The Queen approved of it. Then Paul gets arrested for having all of these things that, that belong to Diana in his home. And he says the only reason he ever wrote that book was because he had to pay to get out of, at the very last minute, the queen says, oh, I, I do remember that conversation. And Paul gets, you know, Paul is yeah. released. Do, no you, do you not think that that was all a little bit suspicious? Paul Borrell was about to take the stand. And then the queen suddenly says, oh, oh, this entire trial that's been going on this whole time. I've just been made which, aware of it. <laughs> which hinges on Paul Burrell actually being accused of theft. And had he told someone, then he wouldn't have been accused of theft. And suddenly, just as he's about to take the stand, I remembered that he told me, oh, fiddlesticks, if only I'd said before. And then he 
then said, I mean, I'm not suggesting for a moment that he had been briefed to say this in order to have his skin saved. Um, Perhaps the royal family didn't want him to testify for whatever reason that might be. Um, He then said, oh, the Queen came through for me. I would never have said that I had told her before because out of respect for her, I didn't want that to be my defence. And so everyone just went, there we go, that's sorted, that's that, then all good. And that was a dinksy bit convenient and some who were cynical, unlike us, might say hugely suspicious. And and they, and I mean, specifically, they were concerned about the talk was there was concern about what he could say about the future King Charles on the stand and that relationship and how, you know, the tabloids would just eat it up. So I, if I was pretending that that, that I completely believe that story and that Paul is now left, um, well, he's homosexual by now, I think he's decided to switch teams. Is he? Yeah. So, so is it's he now? he's, he's got, he's married now. To a man. The irony, a queen. <laughs> So, so so he he's like lost his family at this point in time his his you know his wife has left him the the children are growing up he's oh yeah he came out in 2017 yeah so he's was he ever just, in was he ever truly in he was married with two he has two boys and the boys used the diana was close to his wife the boys played with william and harry they were close i mean i i would imagine, have, imagine a royal butler gay I mean, a map that's ever been heard of before. <laughs> but so, so I, like, if we pretend that that's the case and he's left alone and broke, then yeah, I honestly can justify him writing that book. And by the way, it's one of my favorite Diana books because he goes into so much detail. Although I always sit back and wonder, how do you remember these conversations word for word? It's a little suspicious. But I do think that I can justify his book when I think about the fact that he was left empty handed without anything. And again, a lot of stuff was found in his house, but I do think Diana gave him a lot of stuff because that's just how he was. He didn't want it destroyed after her death. And then all of the royals hand over gifts to the people that they work with that they don't want. That's just what they do. Well, yeah. And also they get crap from dignitaries, don't they? There's a right. lot of tax. Which, again, I'm just thinking now, had Harry and Meghan played their cards right, that would have been a better revenue stream for them. They could have sold that all on time. Harry and Meghan's eBay store. (laughs) Some king or queen of some, like, far-off nation. They could have been selling that tat anywhere. Real missed opportunity for them there. Um, Or or had one of those, what do they call it in the States, like a garage sale out the front of Montecito. You know, Megan could have resold her blood diamonds that she made the palace lie about that she received. Um, <laughs> she could just throw those on Poshmark. But so, hey, anyway, talk, talk, t- talking of which, yeah, will because now it's being reported that they're going to attend the coronation. However, they will only do so. Harry will only attend because he's laying down the ground. If there is a full and frank conversation with King Charles and William. It's quoted here, Harry wants a frank conversation with Charles and William before he agrees to attend in an attempt to clear the air, because apparently he has not spoken to either of them since the release of his tell-all memoir, Spare. Now, I've seen some commentators this week saying, well, actually, you know what? They can have that, but they need to sign an NDA. I mean, is that the only way forward now? I mean, imagine your family are coming round for Sunday lunch and you have to say, yeah, absolutely. Look, can you stop at the supermarket on the way? Because we need some sprouts and um, yeah, and sign a non-disclosure agreement. Yeah, no, I mean, I would I would insist on that. That's here. I guess I guess my point in going to the Paul and in going into the Paul Burrell thing is, you know, I can't justify what Harry did because I firmly believe that Harry could have come over to the United States and made plenty of money by doing the, you know, speaker speakers, you know, um, circuit being a motivational speaker talking about how he, you know, his mother's death affected his life. He he went the cheap route. He went the dirty route and he went a route that negatively affected, even though he kept saying nothing I did was to hurt my family. It, it hurts William 
it really hurt William and Catherine more so than Charles, I think. And so, yes, I would make them sign an NDA, but I've also read that they should be prepared if they come over to speak of nothing but the weather with the royal family. So, yeah, you can come on over, but the only thing I'm going to talk to you about is the temperature, you know? Yeah. Yeah, but then, you know, is there a danger that sunshine is racist? Oh, my God. <laughs> is there a danger? You know, there's rain. That's racist. Cloud. Cloud's definitely racist because it's white. Oh my gosh! It, you it, know, and then and then what you do is that when when oh, oh there are some black clouds coming overhead. Oops, sorry, no, I didn't mean that, Megan. Sorry, when I said black clouds, what I meant was a very dark coloured cloud because they're they're not very nice. Oh, sorry, no, Megan, I didn't mean that. Sorry, <sighs> really sorry. <laughs> but do so, yeah. I I guess that I would say yes. I think that they. I don't. I'm still. If you ask me point blank, are they going to go? I would still say I don't know, because I'm not as shameless as that. I could not hurt my family so deeply, and then show up for the party. You know, like show up for the celebration, show up for the glory. I couldn't do that, Christo. Could you? Well, if I was, if I was basically trying to monetize every aspect of my life and was shamelessly trying to capitalize on being a member of that family in order to try and get as many financial deals as possible with absolutely no thought of their feelings whatsoever or with no shame at all absolutely <laughs> absolutely because you're quite right they've got to come to the states and we've said this before and do anything my example is of course budgie the helicopter budgie the helicopter fergie she was broke weight watchers she had all of that qvc QVC, she sold a lot of tat, but none of it was about slagging off the royal family. In fact, I think a lot of it was off limits when it came to interviewing her or anything like that, because she was absolutely did not want to embarrass the Queen. And the reason that she sold a lot of the, the tat in the States, um, and of course this was at a time before social media and all of these sorts of things, was because she didn't want to cause embarrassment to 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 the royal family. Now, why couldn't Harry have done a Budgie the Helicopter? Could he not have done a, a Cocky the Copter? Or, uh, uh, I don't know, uh, 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 Circumcised the Serpent? I don't oh. know. I'm just trying to think of a, a way in which he could have I mean, monetized you know, his expertise. Well, think about how sexy George Clooney made coffee. I mean, uh, Harry could have come over here and done a Super Bowl commercial for a, co a coffee company or a tea company. You know what I or mean? Of course. Yeah, there's, there's so much opportunity and I just don't know that I think that they think that there is some sort of therapy involved in what they're doing. Yeah. But Oh my God, is it worth it? Because you've not only turned your family against you, but you've turned in, in, half the globe against you. Happy the Taliban. Oh it my gosh. The story of a cat in the Taliban, because that was what his expertise was in the book. Happy the Taliban, the little terrorist cat. So been a great series of books for him to capitalize on. Yes, it might have been a little bit near the knuckle, but it wouldn't have embarrassed the royal family the way he is now. Oh my Tabby God. the terrorist, for short. Well, and I, I do think that it's not just that they're embarrassed because we know that they are, but I think that they truly are. I mean, I don't think William even recognizes Harry anymore. I, I wouldn't, I wish that they were in a position to burn that bridge, but unfortunately, William and Catherine have to be the bigger person. But I'd love for them to be able to slam the door in their faces because they've been horrible to William and Catherine. Oh, they really have been. I mean, there's an entire, well, the whole book in spare slags off William to high heaven at every single opportunity. But what what it also does is it's horrible to Kate. Mm. I mean, I have never been more of an expert on lip gloss etiquette. <laughs> I, I think I want you to know now, from the bottom of my heart, I will never ask you for lip gloss. Thank you. I, I mean, I I've never asked anybody for lip gloss. I, I, that's not a normal thing. It's not an American thing. I don't want my, I don't, and I'm not going to give you mine either. You don't yeah. want where my scabby lips have been anywhere near yours. Why would Kate want to share her lip balm with somebody she didn't even know? I mean, that's Jeremy. What about, again, what is the etiquette? Can you put lip gloss on your finger or does it still get a little bit 
Well, it's going to have Kate's germs on it because Kate has been using it directly on her lips, which is fine. But if you want Kate's germs, but just the whole idea is kind of gross. Racist germs. Let's let's use the full title for them. (laughs) And of course, that would have been the most horrific. Maybe it was a trap because you give her the lip gloss act of racism. You're trying to give me some sort of illness. Don't give me the lip gloss act of unkindness. You haven't been nice to me. Either way, Kate couldn't win. Either way, those pages were empty, and they knew what that what kind of content they wanted to go into that po- that portion of the book. So they were like, "Oh, we've got our Kate hate pages ready to go." Yeah, Kate hate. It was that's what they, that's the name of the next book. Kate yeah. hate. Kate hate. Yes, volume two. Um, Willie woes is the one after that as well, <laughs> because of course Willie is. The- <laughs> but also, like we've said before. Harry goes into great detail in this book about his own willy woes. Oh. And that is, of course, his circumcision, his brother's circumcision, um, and the frostbite on his penis, and the beautiful moment when he speaks about his mother mm. being present in his mind when he puts Elizabeth Arden eight hour cream on his cock, which. I, have I, to, I, I go. You continue, but I have something else to say about this. Because I was going to, I cannot think of a nicer tribute to Princess Diana, to Lady Diana Spencer. Honestly, than the idea. Elton John of missed her an opportunity. Yeah. On a Elton Beautiful. John missed an opportunity. We all thought that Candle in the Wind was the ultimate. Nope, nope. Here we go. Here's a new one. Yeah. So somebody pointed out to me that that trip that Harry took, where he, where he did get the frostbite. Where was that? I think he went to the North Pole. Is it Antarctica? It? Antarctica, somewhere like that. Okay, because cold, the, the trip itself, somebody said, somebody sent me a, a post by Elizabeth Arden from 2013. And they said that the trip itself was sponsored by Elizabeth Arden. You're kidding. No, let me see if I can actually pull that up. But isn't, wouldn't that be strange? That the trip itself was sponsored by Elizabeth Arden, and then that's conveniently what takes care of the um, frostbite. It, that, so, so there's the South Pole and the North Pole he went to. Okay. One of them was, um, one of them was just before the wedding. Was yes. just before, um, just before uh, William and Kate. Um, uh, wedding because he had to come back in time for it but where on me- earth i want to say that was 2011 though yeah maybe okay so what, this what, is, year did, what year did william and kate get married i okay so okay so hold hold on i, I think that they were married i'm going to confirm really quick but i think that they were married in 2011 have they really been married 12 years yeah, they have been married a long time. They were married on April 29th, 2011. So here's the post from Elizabeth Arden in 2013. Prince Harry and the team from Walking with the Wounded have successfully completed their expedition mission to reach the South Pole. Show your support for the cause this weekend with our famous eight-hour cream. We will be giving one pound from every product sold until December 15th. About then, 2013. Oh, oh, in August 2011, they posted, back in April, eight-hour cream supported walking with the wounded. This inspiring project involved a team of injured servicemen journeying to the geographic North Pole. Watch Harry's Arctic Heroes this evening for behind-the-scenes fo- footage that follows Prince Harry and the team, showing on BBC One at 9 p.m. So Elizabeth Arden and Harry have had a relationship for quite some so time. Do you, do you think, because I'm on page 189 of Spare now, where he goes to the doctor and he says, I showed him my todger softened by Elizabeth Arden. He couldn't see anything. And, you know, he had a little poke around on Harry's todger. So that's there. So, so, and, and it was, it was, of course, uh, when he was sledging to the North Pole, was okay. when he had the frostbite. But is there a chance here that perhaps something that the press itself on a wider level haven't picked up on, 
that this entire book is about plugging or parts of the plugging Elizabeth yeah. Arden about product placement in order to curry favour with Elizabeth Arden to sponsor his next thing. I mean, they're sponsoring stuff already, so I mean, it does look like product placement. I mean, his penis was oscillating between extremely sensitive and borderline traumatized, he says here. Did he put his penis through that in order to get a brand endorsement? Is that how much he is prepared to put on the line in order to get some sort of money? Because I have to say, that is a commitment to capitalism. I think you're reaching, but I do think it's suspicious that that uh, Elizabeth Arden sponsored the trips that helped him do these things. And then um, perhaps that's why there was a lot of it on hand. Yeah, perhaps. But remember, he says a friend specifically suggested he do that. And it was there. OK, well, that's interesting because I mean, they were a very, very, very giving couple then, because if we go back to the the. Uh, lip gloss you know they're prepared to share lip gloss but i mean what is the hygiene of sharing elizabeth arden on your private parts i'm hoping he went to a boots and bought that on his own and that wasn't a borrowed <laughs> that's not something he borrowed for with somebody else somebody else besides princess diana in the room it's just so wrong i think the elizabeth arden thing is a whole product placement thing that's what i think I honestly suspect. Well, it does feel and, like that when you look at and see that they did sponsor things around the time that it happened. I mean, the wonders. fact that this happened during a sponsored trip of theirs and they're also conveniently the solution, I think that that's very interesting. You know, the only thing that I think I'm going to have to do... Now, I remember last week there were some raised eyebrows when I suggested that you went to the field... <laughs> There were not. I mean, there were no raised eyebrows. Absolutely. Everyone that heard you say that was like, that's a great idea. Let's all meet up. Like you crazy. I would like like to do a live show from there, you and I. I really would. I think that that would be the epitome of our career from that pub. Uh, And then we visit the field afterwards. You know, if I have to take one for the team, we've got to do it with each other. Let's do it. You know, I will. I'll tell my husband. We've got to do it. But it's for work. But if I'm asking you to go through that, right then I think that it's only fair that I put Elizabeth Arden cream on my penis. Because that's the only way we're going to know whether this is for real and what effect it has. But I almost want to do it in a seance setting because, of course, (laughs) it's very likely Princess Diana will visit during that time. Don't know. Might have Elvis pop in as well. Someone else might decide to. Love so, do, would you like me to do that for next week? Or is that going above and beyond the call? Oh, we're, we're going to do a seance with Elizabeth Arden Cream. Is that the f- official Is that the official uh, breakdown <laughs> for next week? Okay. I can, <laughs> I, can, I can try to find a psychic that will do something with us. I, I talk to those types of people all the time. So, so, so you're going just... to go to the psychic and say, we're gonna, we've got a different kind of seance for you. Yes. Rather than holding hands, we're going to be rubbing Elizabeth Arden cream on our genitals, hoping Diana appears. <laughs> I mean, that's a TV format in the making, surely. That really is. It's a Channel 4 show, for sure. Every I time I come over five. there, I'm up, at a, like, 11, I'm up at midnight watching Dating Naked, going, oh my God, you guys are so free. <laughs> You're so open out here. <laughs> um, now, can we talk about, uh, if anyone needs a bit of Elizabeth Arden cream, um, well, that's that's unkind about Eugenie because she's oh. broken ranks. Okay, well, yes, but I just wanted to quickly say this is an article that was written about last year's Super Bowl where Eugenie and Harry went to Los, the Los Angeles Super Bowl. They were not at my Super Bowl in in Arizona, but this the the article is really interesting because what Duncan, Le, is it LaCabre? Is that how I pronounce his last name? He's got a beautiful last name. I don't want to, you know, destroy it. But Duncan, who actually spent some time with Harry, said that in Eugenie traveling to the United States and spending the Super Bowl with Harry, 
she was telling the world that she was siding with Harry and Meghan. And I think that that was a very astute observation because we're hearing now she might move out here. Um, we do see the York girls very often with Harry and Meghan. My take is that they know that Charles wants a slimmed down monarchy, which does not involve them. And they're always going to be the backup dancers. So why not go hang out with Harry and Meghan, who sometimes hang out with Oprah Winfrey and, and, and some of these big celebrities wouldn't you i mean we love fergie but fergie has always been attracted to shallow hollywood i mean i think it was actually fergie that came out came out here and made friends with kevin costner and had kevin costner approach diana about being in the bodyguard too fergie's always been attracted to celebrity and i feel like the girls are too so why not stick around with harry and megan who have become more celebrity than royal when Beatrice and Eugenie, there's no way up for them. Their dad certainly well, did that. They don't. They don't. Do they do any royal engagements, Beatrice and Eugenie? They're they definitely. Do... They're definitely involved in a lot of charities around town, but I don't think they have official royal duties. Well, then why not? I thought they'd slag off the family, and they actually say, "Right, well, we're no longer royal." Then fine, they'll do a reality show. Make me a princess. Right. You know, that's what they'll do. They'll do some sort of like cheap reality show or at, at home with B and G. I don't know. Is that so, what they'll do? So it was an it's an interesting timely article because that she did show up at the, the um, Super Bowl with him last year, but they were not here this year. I, I definitely. Oh, OK, was... I thought they were. So the article that I found that said they were weren't. Yeah, they it's talking about last year's Super Bowl, but it was written oh, this yeah. year. You know how they are. It's clickbait. It's it's the glory of clickbait. Well, I was I was enticed by that. Well, in fairness, I feel bad for Princess Eugenie when it comes to that. Then, really, because for a moment she seemed interesting. But there we go. <laughs> moving on. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing to say about her now. Honestly, um, dull as ditch water. Let's talk about. Um, Oh, no, did you see the story about Princess Charlotte is apparently the wealthiest child in the world? My favorite thing about that is when I opened the story up, I thought I read the wildest child in the world. And I was like, yes, girl. And then it was like wealthiest. And I thought, oh, yeah, that's good for you, too. But the first, I misread it at first. And I thought, what kind of Charlotte stories do you have? <laughs> yeah, but, but you, no, she... you, choose, you choose wealthiest over wildest any time, wouldn't you? Uh and I think you actually might become wildest thanks to all of your wealth. We'll see. Princess Margaret certainly was. Um, but yeah, this is uh, this is good news for sweet Charlotte. Um, she is one of the uh, she is the wealthiest child in the world. And I guess that's, you know, a good deal when you don't anticipate taking the throne. We should we should uh, explain that the reason that she's seen it's three point six billion based on on future wealth that she's due to have and the reason it's higher than prince george is because um well it's sexism it's just blatantly good old-fashioned sexism because if prince george was a girl then prince george would georgina would call her would be number one because uh because she's a, a girl and will grow up to be a woman um, then basically, well, if she does grow up to be a woman, because she could be non-binary, I've just been transphobic. I mean, have I? I don't know. I get oh confused. But anyway, <laughs> oh, God, that's a maze. I'm not going to go down. It's like um, we watch way too much talk TV. We do. We do. I'm transphobic without even knowing. But if she, when she grows up, she will, by being a woman, like Kate, she will be a clothes horse, and then she will have the brand power that will make her her wealth and her worth higher because every time she wears something yeah um, people want to go and buy it people will want to wear it when she puts her children in something people will want to uh, go and buy it and so that is why um they are that's, that's interesting because i assumed when i had when i first saw that i assumed it was because you know the the queen mother left prince harry much more money than she left william because harry was the spare and privilege but um you know, Harry received a significant amount more from the Queen Mother when she passed because she knew yes. that William had a job, William was going to be taken care of, so she left it to the spare. Dirty empire blood 
money. That must absolutely kill Harry that he's got that money. He's given it all back, right? Because of that dirty, colonial, foul, filthy, empire-ridden, disgusting, racist money. He's given all that back. He must have done Yeah, no, he uses it in the drive-thru at In-N-Out Burger now. But yeah, so that's why I assumed that she would be financially taken care of. However, you're absolutely right. It's called the Kate effect. How anytime Kate Middleton walks out of her house wearing something, it sells out within minutes on the internet. Um, And yeah, I guess in general, she will have an incredible brand because she's going to be as beautiful and stylish as her mother. And she has that proximity to the royal family. I'm just seeing. um, Yeah, was there any kind of i'll just say this really quickly too about harry and megan's money you know they did a breakdown of how archwell contributed to charities throughout 2022 and what was interesting about that was that they took they took credit for a lot of things that they just jumped on board of it was organized by another charity you know saying that they i think it was 12 million vaccines worldwide Well, you slowly saw the other charities come out and say, we were happy to partner with Megan and Harry for that for with Archwell for this. But it did you did get the sense that the other charities were kind of resentful that Harry and Megan were taking credit for all of these executions through Archwell that really they just attached themselves to things that were already happening. So so oh, so Megan didn't invent the COVID vaccine. Exactly. Oh, oh, God. Okay. And oh, I just single handedly no fly it over somewhere and hand it to all of the people in need. No. Amazing. She's absolutely amazing. Um, sadly, um, I ha- I've gone back to 2019. And obviously, we've been talking about the wealth power of Princess Charlotte. Um, there has been no rise in sales of lip gloss as a result of Megan wanting to borrow some, which which will annoy her. I think that really will annoy her. She's going to riot. She's going to throw another dish. Wait, what? I did just get this email yesterday that made me laugh. Um, Where is it? It's about Kate's Botox-free face. Her secret that she told Michelle Obama about, and don't you think for a second I did not immediately order this. So it's a Botox, it's a Botox in a bottle, they say, Biotulin, B-I-O-T-U-L-I-N. And according to Michelle Obama's makeup artist, Kate Middleton told Michelle Obama that she uses this serum on her face and she is Botox-free, but they call it Botox in a bottle because it's supposed to minimize lines on your face. Oh, the, you know what that is, though, don't you? I don't you even what, want... Are you about to say something about a todger? You No, no, no. It's not about the front bottom. I'm going to go now around the back. Oh, my because God. Because all that is... And I'm not suggesting that this product is that. Okay. But people have been using products along those lines... For a long time, and there's a very famous product. I don't know if you have it over there, but over here, that 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 is that, and that's 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 Anusol. Oh, I'll have it's to. A, it. It's anus medication. You're it's lying. medication. You're, that is like used. like hemorrhoid medication. How they put hemorrhoid medication over the yes, under their eyes? Yes, because that, that tightens up. So that's you know. so interesting because when I was reading reviews, people were like, "It temporarily tightened my face," but I didn't see any long-lasting. Yeah, because that's 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 what it would be. I would You're imagine. You're blowing I don't know whether my product, mind right now. I don't know whether this product is the same because if this product has long-term results by using it, then obviously it's different. And again, like I said, I'm not making any connection with that particular product. But I I chucked a bit of anus medication on my face. I'm. I mean, some, 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 sometimes it's ended up there with with you know. Shut up! Don't finish with, that sentence. That, Without me asking. <laughs> However, you know, that's more of an accidental. Uh, that's <laughs> just a, accident. that's a good Friday night, Crystal. Uh, that's just an, a, a Friday night application, which I didn't ask for. However, <laughs> you're, you're quite right. What you're going to do, though, is really rub it in, because otherwise it will end up a bit white. And so, um, you know what? We've got a lot of creams you and I to rub in before next week. <laughs> do you have Anusol there? 
Um, I don't, I'm going to have to look that up, but I will say that since I've, since I've been doing TV stuff, I've started sleeping in these things that you might have over there called frownies. Basically it's these three pieces of paper that you wet with rose water and you stick them to your forehead and it's like a cast. So you don't frown in your sleep and it retrains your muscles so that you, so you don't have bad forehead lines and i swear to god it works it is the well, do i look like an idiot sleeping with a cast on my forehead every night 100 percent. but my face doesn't move like look no botox actually that, that that's that's very good you know that the priscilla presley she when she used to be i think probably doing her school work bless her the age she was <laughs> when she used to be doing the school work and elvis would say you know talk to her and she would look up and he used to whack around the head and say, you do not look up. You move your head because you'll get frown lines. And that's... that's I hate that old story. <laughs> but, but yes, it could have been considered abuse, but she's never looked better. So no, she's like, she's a beautiful woman. She's a beautiful Every woman. cloud. Every <laughs> cloud. Um, okay. Well, we should well, wrap. Um, we'll have plenty to talk about next week as we get closer to the coronation. We'll talk about Camilla's crown next week. And maybe, yes. we wait, it's countdown to the coronation, but I forgot to Google how many days. <laughs> yeah, well, we're still a couple of months away. And also, yeah. you know, she'll be over a seasonal illness by then as well, which is a very strange way of, of you know, that's, that's a PR intern going, I don't want to say ill, you yeah. know. And I, I don't want to say that she's stuck on the loo. I thought it was straight up COVID. Is it not COVID? No, it, well, eventually it became COVID. Then oh. someone said, right, because she tested positive for COVID. But prior to that, it was a seasonal sort of affliction, which, you know, I mean, God, if I left the house every time I had a seasonal affliction, you know, it's, it's just very, <laughs> I'm, all, I'm always seasonally afflicted. It's true. Yeah, Meanwhile, you know, you need that butthole cream on your face and everything will be better. Don't put it anywhere else. God love you. And by the way, please do consult a medical professional before you put uh, anal pile. Because actually pile medication. And I think by tightening up the skin, it pops it back in, apparently. Wow. Yeah. I'm amazed by this. Yeah. And so um, you won't be asking to borrow that from Kate Middleton's handbag, will you? Not, to, not, not today, Satan. Nope. <laughs> okay. Well, <laughs> this has been another episode of Majesty... Um, well, then, I'm... on that note, yes. Your Royal Highness, Kinsey Schofield, it was lovely to see you live from Los Angeles. And uh, you're, are you Your Royal Highness, Your Majesty? Yes. I'm, I'll be Your Royal Highness. I'll be Your Majesty. I'll be, I'll, I'll be, I'll be, I'll be, babe, I'm Queen. Yeah, you are Queen. I mean, there's <laughs> just no denying it. There is a new Queen in town. <laughs> there is a new, Paul Burrell. There's a new queen in town, babes. Uh, so, yes, we will see you next time for another dose of Spilling the Majesty. <laughs>